bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios, Sidetracked with Armstead and Poosh. Brought to you by the Second Baptist Bar and Grill, your exorcism specialist. And well, we're back in studio for yet another episode of Sidetracked. My name's Andrew Armstead. Charles Posh, not able to be in studio here tonight, bringing in a special guest uh, host, Mr. Nathan Dry. Why don't you go ahead and say hi? Well, it's a, it's a privilege to be here. It's an honor to be on a show as large as this. Wow, you, uh, you must have very low standards. Great heavens! What kind of radio show is this? A really bad one. So why don't you give a little uh, background about yourself, uh, fill us in with what you want to talk about. We're going to have quite a bit of stuff to go over here tonight, but just give a little preview about yourself. Well, I started pulling back in 2002, 2003, and not a lot of people know this, but and it's breaking news first ever here on the Armstead and Post Show, but I started off driving a Ford. What? Yeah, a Ford. Uh, a Ford? Yeah, that lasted about one year, and then uh, I found uh, found the right truck and uh, moved into the Dodge world. Started out with the Cummins and started pulling with the TTPA around 2003. Started up a class and uh, kind of grew it from the the ground roots. Started with two or three guys and you know making 500 horsepower and moved up to where we were at the end at. 2A class about 12 1300 so it's kind of my background and uh, I'm just here to shed a little light on hopefully the trucks because be getting a lot of a lot of uh, people wanting to hear about it I've heard so yeah absolutely give you a heads up I know I've heard a lot of guys saying hey listen when are you gonna start covering some truck stuff I know we've been doing a lot just on the tractors but uh, we're definitely gonna be getting into some truck stuff here a lot of stuff popping up in the last little bit. Um, major rule changes I didn't even realize, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, first and foremost, we got to kind of recap uh, Cloverdale. I was not able to make it down there, but I know, Nathan, you did sneak down there for, uh, what was it, the Saturday session down there. Yeah, it's a great event. Never been there. Been to Gordyville a couple times, so it was just interesting to see the difference between Gordyville and uh, which is still kind of a grassroots pull and going to the big show on NTPA it's a full 320 plus track and uh, it's a great track great facility you know it's the only place I know of in the you know in the country that you're going to see NTPA um, you know pulling on a 320 foot track heated nice and uh, I think the best thing about Andrew is there's no beer lines Oh, that, that's awesome to hear. You know, I mean, second year for the event, from what I've heard, they added classes. Like I said, I wasn't able to make it down there with me going to Gordyville. Just finances and things being hard to get two days off back-to-back. I wish you would have told me you were going because I would have rode with you Saturday. But that's beside the point. Um, might as well dive in. we got a lot of stuff to get through. Let's do a quick recap. Uh, your winner Saturday after Saturday or Friday night, excuse me, Session one of the CBRC NTPA Winter Nationals. Brett Berg taking the mini mod class. Adam Bauer coming in second. And uh, Adam Kester taking third. Was it Bauer who had the bad run? or? Uh... 
Well, Bauer, from what I seen and what I was told, blew up all three tractors. So I think he blew two up Friday night and uh, blew the third one up in the pull-off on Saturday. So put a valve in the ceiling, great little show, knocked some lights out, got some sparks. It was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I know I've seen some video of that. Probably one of the most impressive uh, fireworks show I've seen of a valve saying, uh-uh, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, go 8,000 diesel super stocks. Steve Burge with a lock and load, getting the win in the pull-off against Mr. Diesel himself, Edson Lane. Uh, really great three top tra- three tractors there. Travis Schlebach debuting the brand-new paint scheme on the Bone Twister, just nearly missing that pull-off mark at uh, – 318 feet um as we've talked about before steve burge and the lock load the only tractor out there running them midas tires on the back instead of running the puller 2000s i haven't heard whether or not they're working yet we're definitely keeping our ears to the ground to hear how them how the pullers are liking them and see if we get more guys out there with it uh 7500 pounds super stock diesel four-wheel drive trucks kent crowder in the shy diesel truck Getting the win there. Carl Atley coming in second with Lethal Weapon. And Don Bowling pulling for a cure. Probably one of the prettiest pulling trucks out there. Really love the white and pink paint scheme on that one. Yeah, and I don't know what happened here. We weren't there, but talking to people the night before you look at, there's a big difference between, you know, the number one Kent Crowder and uh, some big names down at the bottom, uh, like Van Hazley, as you can see. Last place for Van that just... His truck ran good, and I don't know if the track just wasn't there early on Friday night um, or not. But, I mean, they're definitely putting the power down and, to the track, and I just think that uh, the track wasn't there for the 4 by 4 guy that night, and it was just the luck of the draw. You know, to see Van Hazley literally 120 feet back from the leader, something had to be wrong there. Unfortunately, we weren't on the grounds. I know there were a couple people that were down there. Hey, shoot us an email at AAP at... Uh, sidetrackpulling.com or messages over facebook kind of let us know what's going on because man that just it doesn't seem right um another one at the bottom wesley kuslik cummins killer you know 241 and change you know not what you'd expect out of a really top running duramax yeah and i feel like i need charles here i need him to uh run down the order versus where they pulled and the percentage and we could really figure this out but he's he's uh he's in vegas i heard yeah, something about some cousin's aunt's friend twice removes getting married or future sister-in-law. I all I know is a really poor excuse he couldn't be on the radio show. Yeah, here. I heard. Didn't you say when you talked to him, you heard some wedding music and Elvis or something in the background? Yeah, sounded like a good Elvis chapel there in Vegas. You know, I I haven't heard. He's been very very uh, kind of off the radar there. You never know. Maybe he's getting crazy there in Vegas. We won't know for certain. But uh reminds me, how's your headset fitting there? Yeah, I was going to say, can we take a little break? I think I need some shims. This thing's humongous. It's like <laughs> falling off my head. Yeah, we'll have to get that taken care of here once we get through our first bit of the show. Well, and the other thing is... We'll duct tape if, it to your head. We'll call it good. Yeah, I guess if uh, if Charles and did indeed get married, are you guys going to have to change the name of the show when he changes his last name? Yeah, it'd be, uh, what, a sidetracked with Armstead and Kane then? Yeah, you know? I guess. I mean, Man. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> Sorry, Charles. Had to be done. 
This is what happens when you tell me, oh, I can't even call in. It's too loud. Yeah, I'm sure the pastor really does not want you on your phone during your wedding ceremony. <laughs> All right, rolling on to uh, day two, the one o'clock session on Saturday. Rolling right in, super stock diesel tractors again. Uh, triple bypass, Colin Ross getting the win, Steve Burge coming in second, and the king of smoke. Redline Fever, Edson Lane rounding out the top three. Uh, kind of was hoping to see Steve at least get the uh, win there. What really disappointed me, Kent Payne, uh, gosh, Super Rooster, had the uh, had the opportunity to come into uh, um, come into Cloverdale and do what Travis Slavok did, getting a win in Gordyville, Cloverdale, and Louisville but uh, not quite able to capitalize on his runs in uh, Cloverdale. Try to look here quick and see. Yeah, coming in seventh and uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon, ninth puller. Um, Trouble bike pass, McCormick MX, uh, MTX uh, 200. First puller getting the win, but you see that a lot on the indoor tracks. The track kind of just falls away after the in-between class uh, track prep. You know, top three, um, first and third were within the top five pullers. Edson Lane pulling the third straw. So it really shows where uh, class position benefits you as compared to on outdoor track. Yeah, and then the indoor, we could tell, even just from being there, the track got much better. It seems like the first class, you know, really dug it up, got it packed in. And after that, it seemed like the track became real fair for the rest of the competitors for the rest of the day. Yeah, roll on to 10,000-pound pro stock. Robbie, Robbie Lumkey in the new Generation Plus. Tough running John Deere getting the win. Uh, my favorite tractor, Joel Kinjan, uh, full metal jacket. Yeah, John Deere uh, coming in uh, second there. And uh, Carlton Cope in Warpath. Uh, the Massey coming in third once again. Oh, this is different on the results here. Uh, bottom of the class ended up winning it. Uh, eighth, ninth, and 11th place. So goes to show you really can't just uh, assume anything. No, like I say, the track was getting better, and they were <clears throat> even noting, you know, throughout Saturday, they basically had the same weight. Um, and same gearing on the sled from the Friday night to Saturday. And uh, a lot of the classes, leaving the same weight, they put a few in the sand pile. They had to bring the sled back and reweight, and they just kept saying how much better the track was getting um, throughout the day on Saturday. So I think, it once again, it made, made for a lot better pull as, as the day went on. Yeah, it's a great track down there from what I've been told, uh, NTPA. It's great to see them doing something in the winter. Versus just, I guess you could say, our May till uh, September season that we normally are used to. Uh, roll on two-wheel drive pickups. Jesse Petro in the Buckeye Hauler getting the win. Uh, Morgan Bartley and Blades gone sweet coming in second. And Jesse Petro coming in third with P5. I think Petro's had, yeah, they only had the two, pull two of their five. Nope. They had three there. Yeah, Joey Frazier with uh, run and block in there also. 
No, Randy Cassie complaints. So they had all four of theirs there. So yeah, and Cassie's complaint looked like it either had some new sheet metal or some new paint on it for the 2016 season. No, so. uh, brand new chassis for them this year. Okay. Brand new Cassie's complaint. I do believe it's another tea bucket, but a little different style. Uh, the original's still out there, but uh, yeah. I th- that's their fifth tractor. They got two Kathy's complaint now. So, and this was for me. It was pretty pretty awesome. We were down by uh, three hundred feet, and uh, the blade gone sweet. Um, I believe that was pretty much a debut for her, um, and she was pumped up. I mean, sixteen years old, first time in the seat of a two two wheel drive, and man, she really understood the track and made some good driving choices and it almost got the win made it to the pull-off you know looking at the class lineup here uh 12 competitors entered three of them women it's great to see this two-wheel drive class seems to be uh, a really popular one for uh female pullers don't know why i mean it is a little bit uh cheaper uh class to get into so to speak for ntpa but uh great to see more females out there this isn't just a male-only sport, you know. They might—they're probably able to finesse a tractor down a track better than we ever could. Yeah, what's interesting is if you look at the top, you know, eight tra- eight trucks in this—they're all team trucks. So, you know, in the blade truck, obviously is a team truck too. The other one wasn't there. Not sure why, but uh, pretty impressive that she got in between all the, uh, you know, the team trucks, the Theobolds, the the Petros, the Corzines, right and. They all had a, a good look at the track and came back, and she still was able to, to get in there for the for second place and get in the pull-off. So. You know, that's one to touch on there. Uh, Theobald's really not having a great, great event. Sixth for Renee and uh, Doug coming in 11th in the Wicked uh, truck. Just not, I think, what they were looking for down there, but uh, such a tough class, the two-wheel drive class anymore. It's It's growing and growing. And, uh, yeah, it's a really, really tough class to compete in. Well, might as well roll on to Saturday night. Adam Bauer and Cowboy up getting the win. Adam Kester, Beast of Burden coming in second. And Jason Hathaway and Honky Donkey Red coming in third. That I believe that was Adam Bauer's... Uh, Really nice uh, destruction run that we've seen on video and pictures. Yeah, and it was interesting. Uh, Jason Hathaway obviously had both uh, minis there, and uh, the uh, son of Sassy Racing, Brian Knox, was was kind of cool. He was down there and uh, driving the pit uh, pit pit uh, bike around, and uh, just goes to show you they got some pretty big backing there with Brian Knox, and to get him to come out and you know be on your pit crew be pretty cool you know and looking at it i mean we just covered the top three but we can go right to the top five some big names in the sport adam bauer adam kester jason athway coming in third and fourth with both his two different power plants which is not something you normally see for a pulling team but to be able to come out with uh third and fourth you got to be happy there and brett berg long time name there uh in the sport brett starting way back in the super stock days going to mods now getting into minis um he's got to be happy i mean i'm looking right here we had six in the in the pull off um brett not able to return due to breakage and larry kester with a foot loose also not able to make it back with breakage kind of tough when you're in the final final day there to go out on breakage and not being able to make the pull off yeah in this class for uh 
you have to talk to my wife on this. She she wasn't a big fan of two wheel drives and mini. That's pretty much her least favorite. But after you sit 20, 30 feet away from the finish line and there's, you know, 2,000 horsepower in an indoor arena and you can't hear yourself think and the bleachers are vibrating and the dust is flying, she was definitely impressed with the power that the minis and the two-wheel drives were putting down. Maybe it was just the vibrations. Could have been. She said she heard it, <laughs> felt it in the bathroom, so I don't know what that was all about. Well, anyways, back to our show. <laughs> Pro Stock Tractors, uh, Mr. Mag Daddy, Tim Shipley, getting the win Bobby Lumpke, Robbie Lumpke coming in second. Rick Campbell in the Superline Express coming in third. Another some long name tractors there. Lumpke's, Campbell's, uh, Chris Kane coming in fourth with the Aces Wild. Um, a lot of good tough running deers there. Tim Kane coming in the bottom of the order. You know I, Tim Kane grew up watching him uh, with the Red Gambler just. I don't know. The deers are just seem to be outpacing them a little bit more. The uh, Hypermax power plant's not quite uh, able to catch them, but there, we do know there's a big bullet in the gun coming out next season out of the Harmon stable. Kind of looking, hopefully, for the red guys to regain some ground in the pro stock class. Yeah, and even, you know, usually the, uh, you know, the, the, the internationals can uh, usually do come a little closer, you know, and... Uh, in the uh, finals, but uh, just for whatever reason, they just didn't sound like the deers. The deers are really putting the power to the ground, and this was this track being so good, you could tell the guys that got off the clutch early, got the wheels in the air, and got those things hooked up. It was just it was a real drivers, real drivers course out there. Yeah, that's the nice part about indoor polling is it shows you who the true drivers are, who know their beasts. Because I mean, first and foremost, I know you pulled, but you had stacks. I can't remember. 2-8, were you allowed hood stacks? Yeah. So you prob- did you ever drive off the smoke, or did you just go by the feel of the truck? Yeah, and that's what, you know, we usually, you know, kind of went off the truck, kind of went off the, 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 the sound, but, you know, it, even a lot of the guys were saying, you know, when, when it's in the smoke tube, you know, when the diesel are at the uh, disadvantage, I think that they don't, you know, they got to go off pure sound, right? And you could tell some of them were having a little hard time coming out of the line and getting getting going, so... Yeah, it's it's a different beast, and I'm not gonna lie. Pulling gas tractors, you know, I don't know the nature of that beast, but I know a lot of guys just really have a hard time not being able to go off that smoke, know when it's lit properly. Uh, light super stock tractors, not gonna lie, not really surprised with the winner in that class. Um, Cheezix getting the win, Brian Gorth on excessive force, uh, getting the win in the pull off, Rex Coon and get her done. Coming in second and gunpowder and lead of Marcus Weddleson coming in third. Class really getting popular and uh, seeing more colors in. Um, yeah, to me, I still don't. You know, you look at all the classes in NTPA and PPL and you look at Bob or you look at all the different outlaws, right? And I've just never seen a team like Cheesek just totally dominate a class for so long. And it just seems like someone soon has to figure this out because the only guy I think that can really hang with these guys is Marcus Wilson, and I believe he's running pretty much the same power plant that uh, Corsa running. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, considered Armin Dangerous, second one, coming in fourth. But like you say, the Cheezik team, not only are they dominant in one class, they're dominant in both the open and the light class. Something we've never seen, a real corporate team 
that's coming out and di- do- dominating. You know, it's not like a Childress Motorsports or, you know, some of your big NASCAR names where you're seeing teams that have the funding, have the money, going out there dominating with great drivers. To see it in the pulling world, I mean, to have the Blackborns on the open superstock, Brian Korth coming in in the light superstocks, it's just a corporate feeling to the sport we've never felt before. Yeah, we were sitting in the stands, and we were lucky enough, I looked down, and Josh Blackburn was sitting right in front of us. So, you know, he was talking with his buddies, and he was just telling them, he said, like, with Brian, you know, he, he's the hired gun. And, you know, he goes these poles without him. And he said, they basically dyno those tractors in the in the spring, and they don't touch them, right? They know where that, that, that engine makes power, and it's basically up to him to drive them and set the weight correct, and if they get it right, they win. That's basically what he had to say. You know what? That that gives me a lot more respect for him, I'm not going to lie, because you kind of push it off because, let's face it, Cheesek, in the seat of a tractor himself, wasn't worth a crap. He just couldn't pull. I got to give him tra- credit for trying, but he just never quite uh, was able to get it done. But, you know, stepping up, bringing blackboards in and... You know what? They're doing it. They're great-looking tractors, and, man, are they making power. And they always run. I mean, they are always top five, no matter where they go. So I guess it's just, uh, you know, it, it's something, just the dedication that they put towards the sport is you got to give them applause for that. So enough on uh, Cloverdale, another one in the books there. I guess we can roll on cover Murfreesboro, Kentucky. The Southern Invitational Indoor coming up uh, this weekend, January 29th and 30th in Miller Coliseum of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, Friday night, we're rolling right away into 8,000 Pro Stock Diesel trucks. Um, No real names jumping out to me other than Dixie Ram of uh, Hannah Davison seeing that truck run. But I'm sure there's a lot of good trucks. Just trucks we don't see. I mean, that's, you know, 10 hours south of us. But great class. I um, believe that is like a 2-6 class. It's not a uh, big 3-0 class. We can roll right into the 9,300-pound Super Farm. Uh, names jumping out at me. Joe McNeil, Hyde Gear Deer. Great running tractor. Josh Miley with the high-maintenance Magnum. Um a lot of names you're not used to seeing, but uh, probably some really tough running ones. I wish you knew more. Uh, Tommy Forsyth and the Gunpowder and Lead going to be in there. Uh, what, just what do we got? We got about 20 entries in there, and it's going to be a tough running class. Um, wish I could know more on them, but without knowing anything, high maintenance of Josh Miley's got to be the one you got to put your money on. So now let's roll into the 7,000-pound diesel, 6,500-pound alcohol class. Kind of a nice little mix there. Kent Payne coming right out first with Super Rooster. Tough run alcohol burner. Hey, that's a microphone there, by the way. Larry Phillips with uh, uh, insane, Extremely Insane. Another tractor was running up there in Cloverdale, but just not quite able to get it done. Uh, Jody Womble and the Wamas Cat. Tough running tractor sitting in that class. Going to be excited to see what happens there. See what Super Rooster can get down to Kent Payne. You know, the guy had the opportunity of taking a sweep of the indoor circuit. Maybe he can regain something down in uh, 
in Murfreesboro. Roll on here, 6,200-pound limited leg super stock class. Uh, Melina Pruitt in the double dealing. Pruitt's big family down there. Uh, pulling Radio Network, Eric Pruitt. I uh, know that's his relation. Adam Spiegelberg in the detonator. That beautiful running case, uh, MX305. I know you've probably seen pictures of it drop. Just a tough running uh, late limited super stock. Uh, who else we got there? Mitch Comer and Ole Yeller. I'm actually, I'm really surprised you're just scrolling through and looking at it. Um, only one, uh, one Spiegelberg tractor on the books, and that's just the detonator. Uh, John Anderson with a little angry um, Deutz chassis. Just, God, that thing is just mean and vicious sounding. 10,000-pound hot farm. I wish I could say I knew something about these guys, and I could probably BS the best I could, but I'll be honest. I know nothing about these tractors. Hot farm, non-cut tires. Um, yeah, I wish I could say it looks like a big lineup here. Looking to be about 15 tractors in the class. Uh, should be a good one to watch. I like watching them local classes at these polls because they just those are the guys who where all this stuff starts at, you know, and they're working their way up through the sport. A lot of them, so yeah, you got to give me a pass here. I'm I'm good with the NTPA tractors. I'm not too much of a tractor guy. I've been been uh, coming around to it, but when it comes to some of the the smaller classes, I'm I'm uh, not too familiar with some of the names here. So. Oh well, we'll get you caught up on that. Uh, Saturday midday, uh, 8,500 pound Pro Farm, another class not too familiar with. I'm guessing it's like uh, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee uh, class. Um, Roll right on, 6,200-pound. Late limit of super stock. We see Jordan Spiegelberg signed up there. I'm guessing he's going to be in the seat of detonator, not seeing a name in it. Uh, kind of surprised. Not, there's some names we're seeing here that aren't uh, actually been on the, wasn't in the first one. Uh, Jamie Barger with the Haywire. Uh, tough running tractor coming out of Kentucky there. Uh, one earlier uh, at the Kentucky Invitational. Uh, didn't have a good run in Gordyville, but still a very tough running tractor. I read one out there. And for some of the people who don't know, this is uh, Ed Shoebridge was on with you guys last week, right? So yes, this is his th class. This is his class, and uh, I know Spiegelberg's. Uh, how many tractors do they have? Uh, as of right now, they have three. They've got the Massey Ferguson. They've got Detonator, the IH. And they still have White Mare, who's being piloted by Dave Michelson. Um, the white that is up for sale, the five nine chat five nine power plant under the hood of that two seventy uh, white chassis. And I've seen that tractor, and that's that's probably my favorite in the class for a reason. That, that you one would probably Rattitude. understand, right, with the engine that they're using for a power plant there. But as you can see, there's just a twenty competitors. This is a huge, huge growing class. So and pretty it's, exciting. It's not a sanctioned class by any of the big sports yet. So that's what makes it fun. And a lot of these guys are running the five nine Cummins power plant under the hood because of the agro Agco conglomerate allowing them to move them between chassis. And now is that they with the uh, like say I'm not too familiar, but is that if it's a replacement engine they can run that in that chassis in that sheet metal or is that it gets in a gray area replacement motor. The five nine was in the white, white bought out by Agco Oliver all you know that whole situation. So you're seeing a lot of guys run into that. Um, another one popping out here. 
Um, where'd he go? Oh, you're talking about Jamie Barger. That's who uh, Ed Schubert brought a uh, hot shoe binder off of. And this is his new tractor. Um, John Anderson covered in red. Another tractor that is for sale. So if I believe it was for 70000 you could be in the seat of that tractor. I'll see what happens on my tax return. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe there'll be some uh, decimal place error by the IRS. Um, that'll about round out that class. Like you said, a lot of them. Uh, Mark Filatro in the Can Survive. Um, really cool looking New Holland. Going for the cancer paint scheme there. 6,200 pound pro stock trucks getting into a gas class, but I wish I could tell you more about them. Uh, one to point out, Jason Comer. We'll get into them. Prayers to that family. We'll explain that in a little bit, but unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be able to make the show. Um, 11,000 pound hot farm cut tire class. Um, under pressure, did get to see Steve Rice pull before. Good running tractor, same with satisfaction to Drew Rice. Saw them down in Gordyville. So, uh, good running tractors. 9,500-pound limited bro stock. Um, no real names jumping out there, but again, another other than uh, Pat Mosley and uh, Mosley and Black Mamba, I mean, this is another class that's really growing. The limited pro stock, uh, basically from Indiana West, is really taking off, whereas you get from Indiana East, and you're going to be in the... Um, light pro stock class that'll cover us for the southern uh southern invitational indoor that is this weekend the 29th and 30th um well i guess we got to get to our memorial section two to note um wisniewski family loses uh pullers running up here with the ttpa losing their family or losing their mother this past week so Prayers to them. Um, our condolences uh, to Mark, Steve, or not Mark, Steve, but Mark, uh, Mike, and the boys, um, Cody and Kurt. Sorry for your guys' loss. And one we got to bring up uh, just popped up yesterday. Can't say it's anybody we personally know, but like I know Charles and I've talked. I know Rob, you can agree with us on this. Pulling is a big pull. It's a family when you're out there. And uh, unfortunately, our extended family running down with the KTPA, uh, major tragedy striking to the uh, Comer and uh, Keltner family, uh, house fire slash explosion, uh, nothing official yet coming out, but what I've been told, at least uh, one dead and three missing still. So uh, prayers to them, guys, if you can get pass on your prayers to them, rough situation for them and uh Hope for the best for everybody. Well, with that, we're going to take a break here, and we're going to dive into some pickup stuff head first. So uh, stay tuned, and we'll be back with Sidetracked. Have you ever been waiting in the staging lanes to pull and had that rumbling in your stomach? Find you parked too far from the port of johns in the pits? Going down the road and can't quite make it? Well, thanks to Pedal to Metal, it's no longer an issue. Our newest design for pullers from Pedal to the Metal, the new Portastool slash Pulling Hitch Combo, will be there for you. Made a 2-inch solid stock, easily the strongest, most sturdy Portastool on the market. Able to handle them huge behinds. Fully adjustable with over 18 inches of adjustment in half-inch increments just by removing two pins 
makes hitch height changes quick and easy, allowing you to change height for class or for the most comfort for personal use. Seat and hitches are available in whatever color you desire, so you can customize to your vehicle. Just another way, Pedal of the Metal is making pulling life easier. And we're back with Armstead and Posh featuring Nathan Drob here today in studio to Charles's lame excuse of a reason for not being here tonight. Truck night tonight, a lot of changes going on, but first and foremost, before we dive into it, I know you uh, started out pulling uh, big time in the 2.8 class. Whatever happened to 2.8? Why did it die? It was an extremely popular class, and then it just vanished off the face of the planet. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Uh, Charles had some uh, requests to get in that, and I think that once we get into the uh, new PPL rules, it'll kind of feed into why the 2.8 and now the 2.6 class are gone. So once we get into that, I think it'll shed some light on, on that answer and answer some questions. But I guess to get started, uh, need a... There we go. <laughs> yep, that's how we operate here. Welcome so, to the club. <laughs> so, I like I say, we, uh, over the last couple weeks here, there's been some major changes with the uh, 2.6 and 3.0 class. Uh, they're basically gone. Uh, I don't know how many people know, but uh, they're both they're called light limited pro stock and uh, pro stock now. So the old 2.6 is called light pro stock and 3.0 is called pro stock. And uh, they both upgraded the chargers, went to open driveline and cut tires. So a um, lot of... A lot of opinions on this. You know, if it's a good thing, if it's a bad thing, everybody has them. I have mine. I'm sure uh, Charles and Andrew have theirs. Um, I honestly think it's a good thing. Um, this is kind of the point where we were in the 2.8 class, you know, three, four years ago where, you know, you build a class. It starts off, you know, at the 800 horsepower range. Everything's good. And, you know, there's always a guy pushing the envelope. There's always a company pushing the technology. So, um, it got to the point and, you know, we can go back to, you know, when the infancy of diesel truck pulling started and, you know, guys started to run twin chargers and triple chargers and they got to that 1200 horsepower mark and they just cannot keep the driveline in these trucks. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. A lot of them came out of the factory, the driveline, the transmissions at 180 horsepower. So, you know, it, it, we went from 180 horsepower up to 1300 horsepower and the drive lines couldn't take it and uh you know it's not just you know we've heard stories andrew and i'm sure of you on the forums that guys are going through in the two six class as many as 20 ring opinions last year carrying multiple sets to to go to two-day hooks and uh you know you're looking at six seven hundred bucks they're crying when they're doing all these things with the ring gears and uh you know it gets really expensive it's a lot of work and you know, a lot of work for no benefit just to try and get you on the track. So, and I think a lot of associations, including PPL, realize this. So, um, they're going to open driveline in 2.6, um, still DOT tires, and they're going to cut tires in the, th the, the old three inch class. Yeah, we knew something had to happen with 2.6. It was the year of attrition in 2.6 this year. If you weren't scattering parts, you're in the process of rebuilding what you had scattered the day before, the week before, and something had to happen. 2.6 has grown, like you said, to the point where 2.8 was, you know, just a great horsepower class, run the dual tires in the rear, and the options were given. Do we go to open drive line or do we cut them down to single rear wheel drive? And I have my opinions on both, 
And honestly, I think the right path was to allow him to go to an open drive line. The cost is negligible. Yeah, you have an initial cost. You can't just go grab a street, street truck and kind of jump into the class now. But you can still. Nothing says you have to go to an open drive line. There's no rule mandating it. Yeah, and I think, like you said, going back to the ring and pinion, that was a fraction of the cost. And I know, you know, me and Steve and a few other guys back in 2-8, you know, we built, you know, a motor that was in excess of 35000 bucks or whatever it cost. And, you know, going back, we had a pull at the Armada Fair, and I had a brand-new motor, you know, one-hour runtime on it. I go out, I go 280 feet, you know. I blow a ring and pinion. I blow a, a transmission out of thing, both at the same time. You hit the recall 9,000 RPMs, you know, just because we could not catch the RPMs fast enough with the ag governors. And there's no way to limit, you know, there's no chips. There's nothing you could do in these trucks to, to limit the RPM on driveline breakage. So it was more than just replacing ring and pinions, in my opinion, for the last year. And, you know, if, if you weren't breaking them, you weren't winning. So, um, you know, I did some research before this, you know, looking, you're looking at about $10,000, you know, maybe $12,000 if you want to buy everything new, all the good stuff to go to open driveline. So, you know, it's, it is a lot of money, but once you do it, you never have to worry about it. I mean, these guys are going to get to the point where they're running the same driveline as the trucks that are making 3000 horsepower in the open class. So I honestly think it's a good thing. I think it's good for pulling and, uh, you know, you don't have to run the open driveline if you don't want to, right? Uh, it's still your choice, you know, and it's not a huge advantage to run open driveline. You know, there's some weight savings there, but I think all in all, in my opinion, it's it's good for the sport. It's it's good for the class. Well, you look at it this way. Uh, good one to point out. And yes, it's a 3.0 truck, but Tony Burkhardt came out with Cheap Hooker. His whole idea with that truck was to do a budget build 3.0 truck and uh, tried coming out right away with the ZF6 speed on a Duramax spinning 6,000 RPMs. He was going through triple disc South Bend clutches like they were going out of style. He And he'd have to drop down on his RPM band to about the 3,000 RPM mark j- just to get the clutch to hook. And when you're spinning a 3-inch you know, HX60 or HX90, whatever it is, turbo, you just can't recover the boost that's lost there. And it just... After all his attempts, he tried everything he could to get it to work. He ended up having to ditch the idea and go to an open drive line. And you're at that point with 2.6. You know, how, how much money do you want to drop at South Bend, you know, every so many events? Like you said, you know, your ring pinions. Wh- what are you going to do? Something had to be done. And they made the change. But, I mean, gosh, you know, unfortunately, you watched. And after the end of the season, two six trucks just went up for sale like they were going out of style. Yeah, and there's still, I mean, I've. My guess is from the end of the 15 season, I've seen 20 to 25 two six trucks up for sale. You know, I, I talked to a guy that bought mine, and he's he seen it, the writing on the wall. He sold his at the end of the season, bought a 3.0 uh, chassis, you know, because he knew he was going to either run in, you know, whatever the new class was, and, you know, he knew it was going to open driveline. That's where he wanted to go. So, um, like I say, once again, I think it's a good thing, um, you know, and then – the rule change with the turbo, there's some controversy there as well. You know, it was 2.6 and 3.0. Now they're going to um, a 3.8 and a 3.0. So the 2.6 was a 2.6, you know, quarter-inch map groove. Now it's going to, you know, the the the, the 3.0 smoothbore, which they went to the 3.0 talking to people, and that's just to get, they believe, the horsepower 
that they had last year with a smooth bore turbo uh, in PPL. And I don't know, you know, we'll get into do we believe that other sanctions and all the local stuff will follow? I don't know. But it's once again, I think, you know, me and Andrew were talking earlier, the the tractor classes have been around for you know, 20 years, right? And none of them started off with cut tires. None of them started off with open driveline. And you look across NTPA, PPL, every single class that are in those, you know, national sanctioned uh, associations are all running cut tires. Am I right, Andrew? They're all running open driveline. So I think you're getting into the point where diesel truck pulling was grassroots for so long. And, uh, you know, the last three years, four years, you know, the the mods went to NTPA um, in the PPL Silver Series, right? And there's some serious money, and they're they're a real professional class now, right? And I think three inches going that way. You you know, we just went through the results on Coverdale, and you know, perfect example. Took my wife; she doesn't understand the and the, the, the debate we hear is, well, mods look like three inch. Now and three inch looks like two six, and to your average spectator, when they see tractors, and, and you know, Andrew, you're a little, you know, different than I am because you've been around them. But you know, I know there's either alcohol tractors or there's smoke tractors, and within them, there's three or four classes. So I just don't see it that big of a difference, other than it's a change. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at like you're saying, tractor classes. They've been around, well, since tractor pulling itself has been around since the first. You know, neighbor brought a John Deere. This guy's got a red tractor. Let's play. But, you know, transfer sled pulling has been around since the early to mid-70s. And you started out with a mod class, which was just a V8 motor in a tractor chassis. Or you started out with a smoker class, evolved into super stock. But the growing pains where you really saw is that the late 70s into the 80s, early 90s, when you saw the evolution, you saw um, diesel tractors grow. Hypermax, come on. Alice Chalmers go to the four chargers, you know, multi-charger setups. You've seen this growth. Um, we've had a little sore pace in growing with it. Diesel trucks, let's face it, have just exploded on the scene. Point blank, since Ford came out with a 6.0 and uh, Dur- Chevy came out with the Duramax, a 6.5 and the 7.3 IDIs. Yes, they were there, but they weren't building a ton of horsepower with them because at that time, it was just a truck to tow stuff. Gas was still extremely popular, gas trucks. And they were just meant to be a toter, so to speak. And you're seeing right now in the diesel truck world, the growth that's taken place in 40 years of truck and track or truck tractor pulling now taking place in a class that's developed or part of the sport that's developed in just the past 15 years. You know, yeah, I know I excluded the Dodge guys because point blank. All right, the Cummins power plant's been out there since the 70s in egg and uh, heavy diesel or medium duty trucks for years. So 5.9 is a proven motor. And let's face it, it was ahead of the curve for many years from the 6.2, 7.3, 6.9s, you know, all the old diesels. It was behind, they were behind the eight ball. Dodge got, went right in and just said, hey, Cummins, build us this motor. So, yes, I'm excluding them. But now we've gotten into. We're in the horsepower race now, which we went through in the 80s with truck tra- with the tractor side of it. Now what are we going to do? We've already seen now two classes come and go in truck pulling with the 2.8 class coming, getting big. On, like you said, not a national level, but more of a local regional level. 2.8 coming and going. 
And now two six gone. And that was a first class other than the mod trucks that made it on a national level. Yeah, and I think like I say it's it's I think it's just the evolution, right? Um you know, I can remember, you know, I, I've been following this probably pretty heavy since my guess is around two thousand one, two thousand two. You know, first time we met Dave Mitchell, you know, he died two years back. Probably, in my guess, you know, the biggest impact on truck Cummins Diesel Motorsports um, that will ever be. I mean, he was just ground up, started the trend. And, you know, we went to a poll back in, uh, I'm thinking off memory, 2003, and Dave Mitchell came out with his brand new truck. Had cut tires. First time anybody's ever seen a cut tire on a diesel. And it rocked, you know, it rocked the diesel world and the fact that even back then people are saying, these are street trucks. You know, you cannot run cut tires on street trucks, right? But the evolution needed to be there for the sport to grow. So, and then, you know, he came out with that. And then like two years later, I think Eric Stacy and a few of the guys that are still running came out with a tube chassis. And they, same type of thing, the diesel community, you know, I don't know if it's they didn't want to see change or it was just something that they weren't accustomed to because I don't think a lot of the diesel pullers followed NTPA and the tractor. So it was just another growing pain where you had half half the group that loved it, half the group that didn't. And you're seeing that now to where, you know, I think with the 2.6 used to be grassroots. It's a real three-inch. It's professional. They're going to be pulling at some of the biggest events in the country. Yeah, you're already seeing them down at Shides TS Performance, which, yes, they aren't main pulls, but let's face it, Shides now a PPL pull. Yeah, and so is TS. So is TS. So, I mean, definitely uh, a big change coming out, you know. Just, I mean, I remember the first time I saw a diesel truck that wasn't something that somebody was running over the street was I was down in Bowling Green. God, I can't even tell you how many years ago now. And the Ohio Cat truck came out. And this is an exhibition pull was all I could hear coming out, you know, coming out and you're looking at it going this looks just like the super modified four-wheel drive trucks out there full tube chassis cut tires but it sounds like a super stock truck your tractor you know diesel super stock and it was impressive but i mean right away you went with diesel trucks you went from what was a street legal class so to speak and within five years you got a full-blown mod truck out there with multiple chargers so the evolution happened really quick, but that class that's in between, still one of my favorites, the one you started with, 2.8, what, I know I keep bringing back to this, what killed 2.8? What destroyed that class to take it from a class that was extremely popular to within two years being completely gone? Yeah, and I think it, it's similar, right? The 2.8, <clears throat> I mean, back when, when the 2.8 class started, that was really at that point, one of the first single charger rules that were out. I mean, we used to have rules that said, you know, when I first started pulling, it was you either had a single turbo or you had twins. And that was the only rules. You, you rolled up, you lifted the hood, you had two or one. That was the rule, right? And back then, once again, no sanctioning bodies, right? It was just Thunder and Muncie. It was, you know, TS before it was PPL. And we went to these polls and that was the only rule, right? And so... You know, the first rule was a 2.8, which it had a bushing, right? And no one no one liked the bushing because the bushing you could take out, you could put in, right? And for big poles, it wasn't a big deal because they tech. But I think when you got down to the local level where you didn't have the resources, 
um, and the technology to, to, to tech these, you always had that doubt in the back of your mind is, did the guy have you know a 3-2 charger without the plug in it? You pull the plug out, four screws, and it's a 150-horsepower difference or a 100-horsepower difference, right? And once again, there was no other... I mean, there was no other turbo rule in any pulling event that allowed plugs. And, you know, the... So I think what happened is, once again, they started breaking driveline in the 2.8 class, and they said, okay, and this was back when uh, it was uh, the Diesel Hot Rod Association. I don't know how many of you guys even remember them, but they were the first, you know, trying to do it on their own, diesel-only motorsports. Now you got NDHRA, which is the drag race, and over on the west side with Randy Cole and those guys and Derek and all those guys are running the the, the drag race. And uh, so... They, you know, they made a decision to go to two six, thinking that they were going to pull the horsepower away, and then much like I think the issue we're going to have after this year, right, is you got the guys that are building turbos like Hearts and Shide and Hazley Motorsports and ED, and the list goes on and on of these guys that build turbos. Well, as soon as PPL doesn't run that class, the technology starts lagging, and that's really what happened in two eight, right? The the major. Um, associations didn't run that class you know thumb and there was some classes in ohio and that still wanted to run 2a but there was no more technology to be made right because the guys that built turbos knew there was no future in those components right and i think you see that with a lot of classes where you know like super farm right super farm goes to a slotted charger right everybody has to go to a slotted charger because no one's going to back that technology right uh you know columbus diesel Hypermax, none of these are going to support. And I know you guys talked about this a couple weeks ago where um, Hypermax is coming out with a new pump. Yes. Right? Yes. And it's the same thing, right? They're going to push new technology. And as soon as that technology gets in the rule books, all the other technology goes by the wayside because there's no money, there's no market for it. So to me, I think that's what really killed the 2 8 classes. You know, if one big association, just like the 2 6, bottom line, they go away from it and the te- technology is just not supported any longer. I know there's still a stronghold up by the Toronto area of 2 8, and I got to see one when I was over in Canada. Uh, what pull was that? Uh, Alvin, not at, yes, not Alvinston. Uh, yeah, it was Alvinston. They had a two eight truck come down, and man, did I miss that class! Just it was, it's a great class to watch, just because in our local area in Michigan, this show covers quite a broad spectrum of area. You know, us getting down Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, Wisconsin. I mean, we're covering a broad spectrum of area, and two uh, six though is non existent in Michigan. When two eight died, we went two point five or three point that's your options. That's it. And uh, it was kind of nice to see a 2.8 truck, but, you know, 2.6, I mean, we just watched 2.6 get penciled away in a matter of seconds, really. And I think it, it comes back to the companies now that support diesel trucks, right? Once again, you know, I, I, I've been there from, you know, the ground up, we'll call it, right? I mean, 2003, 2002, and... You know, back then, once again, Shide, there was no Hazley. There was no, Shide just started, it was like Enterprise, right? And they weren't turbo builders. So, you know, what, what we used to do is we'd say, okay, we're going to go get an HX60. 
right? And we're going to plug that turbo or we're going to run, oh, the S480 Borg Warner, right? We're going to plug that charger, right? So at that time, it was basically a bunch of backyard so-called guys, right? Plugging various turbos just to see what made the most power, (laughs) right? And once you got, you know, Hart was a big, big, big player in, in, in the rise of diesel trucks, Hazley, you know, shied enterprise engines, right? I mean, they knew that there was a market to make a lot of money, bottom line. And, and, you know, they started building chargers and the 2.8 just wasn't in their wheelhouse, I guess. You know, you look at it and let's face it, you know, Hart and them, they, they grew up, they, their business developed mainly from the tractor side. Tractor side, you'll find local classes run a 2.5 charger. You'll see local classes running a 3-inch charger. You know, local and national now with Super Farm running a 3-inch charger. So, yeah, that's what you had to work with is you had to deal with what was out there on an egg setup, so to speak, more than a uh, um, more than what you had for the trucks. Let's face it, the truck guys are running smaller chargers than you're seeing out of any egg chassis right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with cubic inch, right? I mean, you know, you go to most, um, you know, larger, you know, any NTPA class, they're what, 640 cubic yep. inch, yep. you know? I yep. mean, so, you know, they can't run small chargers, right, with that size cubic inch. And, and so, you know, I think that the big question now that I feel that this – you know, I think we touched on a lot of points. I'm sure there's more points on, you know, and pros and cons. And we could argue here all night long whether people think it's a good idea. It's a bad idea. The question now to me is what does, you know, the, the, the thumb do, right? Because, you know, like you were saying, there's not even two, six trucks that can run in Michigan, maybe with the exception of two, right, that could yeah. run at a national level in two, six. And now next year there's going to be none, right? Yeah. The thumb has got rid of their their hot class, right? Which we can we're going to get into that here in uh, you know the next segment, I believe. You know what? Well, what, we can what just do, keep rolling. Yeah, too, or so. we could keep rolling on what the two five needs to do and whether we think that was great for them. But you got a lot of clubs like ITPA, CoTPA. You've got Battle of the Bluegrass. I'm sure you can come up with a few other ones, right? That they're kind of lost in now of classes that they've had as mainstays for years now, which is the two six as their big class let's face it right they're two six they would get 20 trucks on a friday saturday night that class is gone you're always going to get i believe at a ppl level there's enough money there's enough winnings the tracks are nice there's enough crowd you're going to get the 20 30 trucks and whatever rules they make up yeah it's going to be interesting to see like you say two six that was as close as you can get to a big class in a diesel truck. Let's face it. That's what the crowd wants right now. You're seeing a new uh, crowd, so to speak, coming into the pulling world. More than just the guys in your local gas class, your local diesel class coming out and playing. No, you've got a strong diesel following. And you're a promoter. I'm a promoter. We're both involved with the Burville three-day, the Burville Lions Club here in Michigan. And uh, we we both have said it. You want a crowd, you got to run some truck diesel truck classes. And it's no longer like we had, and we can roll right into this one, you know, the death of the local gas truck, you know, the street little gas truck. The As the diesel technology progressed, you know, that's where everybody went. You can get call it your truck slut following, whatever you want. I don't care. 
but the diesel world is bringing in a bigger following, a bigger fan base to come watch these trucks run than, honestly, I'll say any local gas class has ever done. And, honestly, I think that's a big demise of local gas is the draw, the attention, the, hey, I'm better than you, has gone from a gas setting, you know, which... Let's face it, was the mainstay for years, you know. Come out with your small block, or I got a 454 or 464, come play. Now it's gone to, hey, I'm running my Cummins up against your Duramax. What do you got? Yeah, and, you know, we had that on the list of things to talk about was the death of the the street or really, you know, any type of even modified, you know, gas class. I'm not too familiar with kentucky and ohio on the the gas level some speaking more of a a michigan base but you know they don't have two uh local or they don't have a local truck class and then a a modified class like in the thumb they have the pro street right and then now they have a class lower than the pro street right yeah, they have a sanctioned uh, street view. But class. I just I don't see that taking off. I mean, I was at a few polls last year. Did they get five? No, it's it's never really taken off. Uh, Hartwicks and uh, Wendorf's they've been the only ones running two Fords, two tough running Fords at that. But have been your only real mainstays. The clash just never really took off. I know there's a couple more Fords coming up, but it's just. It's really hard to run a sanctioned street class when it's always been a local class where you get a trophy at the local fair and come play. And uh, the pro street class, great class. You know, it's that step up where if you want to dump the money into it, you can still go play with a quote unquote street legal class. And then, you know, next up from there is our for thumb is the super stock pickups or, you know, which is modified four wheel drive on a smaller level. And, the crowd's not, I, I, I beg to differ. Anybody wants to argue it, and please, if you do, get a hold of us at AMP at uh, sidetrackpulling.com or on Facebook Facebook with uh, Sidetracked with Armstead and Posh. Get a hold of us. Let us know your thoughts on this because this, I know, is going to be a hot-button topic. Is the gas trucks, I mean, just the draw's not there. You're not seeing the numbers in the class. Other than the pro street trucks here in the thumb area really are, Still a very good stronghold, but I think the crowds are going away from the loud, obnoxious noise of the gas trucks to the cool-sounding sprawling of the turbo and the black smoke. Yeah, and I think some of that, too, is just, you know, the age of the trucks, right? I mean, you know, and I was in this era growing up, right, of, you know, when I was 13, 14 years old, you know, watching, you know, before the, we'll call it the evolution, I keep saying of diesel trucks because it's so new, uh, you know, on the timeline and on the history of tractors. But when I went to the Armada Fair or, you know, Emily City Fair, I wanted to see, when I went there, I'm a truck guy, and Andrew knows I'm a truck guy, and I'm, I'm it, it, you know, it blows smoke and it's a truck. That's, that, that's what I like. But back then, to me, it was always, okay, what was, was the best truck? Was it the 460 F350 Dodge or uh, Ford? Was it the really? four F three fifty Dodge? Yeah, exactly. It's just that Dodge on the brain. But it's the F three fifty with the four sixty. Was it the Dodge with the V ten, or was it the four fifty four big block Chevrolet? Right. And to me, in trucks back then, those were all um, relevant in the day. I mean, these trucks were two or three years old. Right. They had the motors that they were producing at the time, 
and that's what people were buying and people got excited about. And I think when the diesels came in, right, and it's still like this today, you still see guys with 2013s and 14s and pulling and, you know, to where you get in the pro street, it you don't see even hardly 80s trucks in the pro street. Correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew. I mean, actually, that's mainly what you see in the pro street is the square body Chevys, the square body Fords, the square body Dodges, you know, the 440 power plants, the 460s, the 454s. And, you know, you have to wonder what the evolution of trucks is. They've come, um, you know, getting away from carburation probably was the biggest downfall to a local truck because it's no longer. Guess what? Just go swap a, you know, you know, a Holly 750 on the top and call it good. No, now you're getting an electronic fuel injection, throttle body fuel injection. Fuel injection is still taboo to a lot of guys, you know, who are used to just turning the screw and calling it good. And honestly, I think that's probably one of the biggest downfalls is these trucks, one, have gotten so stupid expensive for any truck out there. You know, I mean, go to the lot. If I want to get a loaded Silverado with a gas engine, you're paying what? $40,000, $45,000 where a diesel equivalent 60,000, but you know, people who are buying them have the money to spend. They're going to do stupid shit. You're going to have that anyways. You see it all the time, but Hey, I take exception to the fuel scare of the fuel <laughs> injection thing. Cause I'm, I'm still an old school mechanical guy. So I'll take that to my grave. <laughs> right. But you're dealing mechanical fuel injection versus <laughs> electronic, but you know, the ease of working on these engines and building the horsepower and emissions laws and that, you know, you're not hearing somebody going out and taking their 2013 Vortec 5.3 and doing a EGR delete and cat delete. No, they're not doing it. They're just running them as they are and taking the horsepower that they're getting. And you look at the performance market out there right now. There really isn't anything allowing them to build more horsepower, get the torque out of them. You're kind of stuck with the status quo, and I really think that killed gas trucks as we know it on on a competitive level. Yeah, I think you nailed it, right? I mean, once again, right? There's no market, so therefore there's no technology put in by the aftermarkets, right? And the diesels, once again, you know, you, you can get a gas truck. I'm sure you put a chip in it and exhaust and do all the you know, we'll call it the the mods that you can make without getting internal, and you're going to pick up 60 horsepower maybe on a gasser, maybe, right? I don't know. And do the same thing on a diesel, and you're looking at, you know, really anywhere in, in the range of almost 300 horsepower that you can make. Yeah, I know you and I have talked about the evolution of the chip, and, man, you've got some really cool stories involving that. I don't know if we can disclose all of them, but... You know, that could be for another episode, but like you say, the plug and play of a chip makes life, you know, so much easier on a diesel front. And that coming in, of course, once you get into the Duramax and the 6.0 and the seven, late 7.3s was actually the first time you actually saw a chip being produced to get you fuel, fuel economy and things like that, which is where the chips were actually started at, was to get you more, better fuel economy and a little more horsepower. Now we've gone to EFI Live where they're getting right into the tuning. You know, a six, a five-position tuner, you know, it, it, it's amazing. But like I said, like I said before, the I think technology on diesels have exploded so much, they've forgotten about the gas front. And let's face it, we're dealing with a whole new generation of kids, you know. I'm 27, and it's kind of scary to think there's a new generation of kids coming up that – 
aren't used to seeing them square body 454 Chevy pickups from 1986 out there running or the Fords from 76 or the 460 in them, you know. No, these guys are thinking mid-90s. That's an old truck, you know, mid to late 90s. And you look at the technology difference between them, those motors, and what we have now, and it's just huge gaps. So we're going to take a break here. I know Nate's out of beer, and he's kind of going cranky and crazy. And uh, we'll get back to you here again with Armstead and Post. Stay tuned and uh, be sure to support our sponsors. Have you been injured or think you've been injured? Contact the law offices of Dewey, Screwman and Howe. Auto accident, medical malpractice, slip and fall, dog bite, asbestos. Your boss is a jerk. Nothing worth reading in the paper? Some swamp gas bent the sun's rays and erased your mind? Sit down with our friendly professional staff for a free confidential consultation and cross-examination. Seriously, how can be downright mean? Let the law offices of Dewey, Screwman and Howe decide who should pay and how much. It could even be you. No, it'll definitely be you. The law offices of Dewey, Screwham, and Howe. Call 888-555-1234 or online at www.sidetrackpulling.com. That's 888-555-1234 or www.sidetrackpulling.com. Dewey, Screwham, and Howe are not officially licensed attorneys and are obnoxious subsidiary of Sidetrack LLC. No guarantees implied. Not available in any areas. Lots of restrictions will apply. Celebrity voice impersonated. Paid for by Ricky Bobby for Congress. All right, and we're back with Armstead and Drob, the great new pulling radio cast, because Charles is an idiot. But that's beside the point. Let's dive back into the diesel truck world. Yeah, I know. Sorry, tractor guys. Well, we for, are hold going. on, hold on. First of all, I oh, got sorry, I got sorry. past the uh, the butterflies and the wanting to puke in the uh, bathroom. So uh, let's start this off. Hold it right up to the mic. Hold it right up to the mic. All right. There you go. He so first of all, I, I just like to say I'm not. I like beer. I like to say thanks to Charles and uh, Andrew for having me. Um, I don't get to talk about pulling all that much anymore. Um, I kind of got banned there at home from talking about any pulling at all. Anybody care what this guy thinks? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was thinking about it Monday or after they asked me, I go into work, you know, and it's like you get there Monday morning and everybody wants to talk about Tom Brady. Right, they want to talk about Tom. Who to, exactly? Right, and so you know, I bring up. Wow, I went to uh, Coverdale and man, Petro and Cheesick and the teams, and I want to talk about you know the the new power plants and the thing. And I got no one. I got one guy, Scott, but we've already talked about that ad nauseum texting at night. So this is like my one outlet, I believe, to to get the pulling out. So I just like to thank him for uh, bringing me into the studio tonight. Well, thank you for coming on. I mean, this would have been a really boring show if it was just my voice the entire time. But uh, definitely going to have you back on. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a time I need to get a break, get away, and uh, Lord knows with Charles what he's going to do. But uh, I know we're hoping here soon to have a, so to speak, three-way, if you know what I mean. Is that uh, Charles <laughs> Kane? Yes, Charles Kane, okay. right. Charles Kane. All right. But let's dive back into the truck world. Sorry, tractor guys. I know we're kind of leaving you hide and dry here. Uh, we'll be back into tractor stuff. I know next week we're going to have the beer recap of Murfreesboro and uh, a lot of stuff to cover then. We still got a lot of topics on the book, but let's get back to trucks. You know, we've talked before about TS performance. We've talked about Shy Diesel. Fleece, another big name in diesel. And... Uh, 
what's one thing all three of them have in common? Yeah, and, and we talked about this a little bit, and I don't know how much we're going to hit on this topic, but you know, once again, you have these all these national polls, but in Michigan, we don't have, and we never have, right? We, we me and Andrew were talking. We have HSP, Merchant Automotive. We have DNR. We have uh, Dirty Hooker Diesel. Right? Legendary. Right? So we have all these, you know, in the Duramax world, some of the largest uh, engine builders, component builders, some of the guys that are on the leading edge of technology, and it's it's all around us it's in the thumb it's in the metro detroit area there's some on the west side but we don't have a single big diesel event or pull event right and been talking with derek a little bit um you derek know he, rose derek of rose DNR of, customs. of dnr customs sorry give him a little plug there uh if you got any cummins or duramax or any whatever you, know, you got he's he's a good guy all these guys that we mentioned hsp and dirty hooker and uh merchant they're all great they're all experts right at the top of their game and some of the greatest people to deal with um one i do have to mention i know we're talking about Derek joe coochie kind of an understated guy very quiet you know but man a whiz if you have any sort of piping you need for your truck done intercoolers air to water that's the guy to go to he really is and he's just down the road i mean he's all of 30 miles from from here one half radio plaza and uh Great guys, but like you say, you know, Fleece, they have their truck, they have their truck pull. TS has theirs. I mean, TS is out there. They are sponsoring full sponsorship of Pro Sock Diesel Tractor, yeah, two-wheel drive pull, pickup, and then they got their diesel pickups too. So, I mean, they're really getting out there in the name, in this pulling world, but we have nothing here. Yep, and we are talking. We don't know why. Um, had a little talk with Derek. Uh, the other night, he's a busy man. He's thinking about getting together. Sounds like with him and Milan, he has a really great event. I mean, once again, it's exploded. It was, you know, five years ago, it was 30 guys that showed up to dyno their trucks, drink some beer, eat some pizza, you know, buy some teacher, T-shirts for a good cause. You know, he's a big supporter of breast cancer, yes, um, which is, is great, donates a ton of money uh to that cause and uh you know his wife nicole puts in a ton of work to get this done and you know their event last year talking with derek the Milan dragway it was one of their largest uh events of the year i mean they bring in i think ihra night of fire i'm not sure if they still yep. do that Milan, they do a lot of super street and uh you know outlaw stuff with the the drag racing in in that event one day and I hope that event grows. I mean, it's great. He's moving it from uh, where he had. He tried to do it in July or June last year, I believe, and he's moving it back to September um, where it's been for the, the previous years. He'd done it ugly and outgrew out ugly. Yep. He was up and ugly, and they just ran out of space. Yep. And uh, so, you know, there's some talk. Don't know if it's going to happen this year. It's already on his flyer, I believe, if you pull up the DNR uh website for his event this year he's got sled pulling on the docket so hopefully me and andrew uh, i've talked with him we're really interested to get something going don't know how big it'll be don't know if it'll happen this year but we we really want really want to support that event because it's really the largest diesel event we have in michigan it's really the only diesel event we have in michigan so yeah i know you got a lot of dino days out there uh rolling cold did one legendary did one you know, you get the dino days, but this is the only drag one. And Derek with blue balls, tough running common rail Cummins out there, you know, running in the what? The pro street class, just 
tough running truck. Yeah, I mean, he had some big, big World names. World record truck. Yeah, he had some big names there. He had uh, Ryan Milliken with... Uh, Buckwheat. Mini Wheat, then Mini Buckwheat, yeah. yep. And then uh, Blue Balls, and he's got Dimitri, who... You know, is the Dino King, right? So he's bringing some big names. Dimitri had, out there doing podcasts now. Yep, also, he's doing podcasts. He's had XDP. Um, the name is uh, I can't grab right now, but uh, a lot of big names. It sounds like they're going to have a lot bigger names. I don't know if that's going to be a sanctioned event this year, but um, w- you know, we really want to get some support around that and see if we can have a sled pull and make it. You know an event that people want to gump to. I don't know if we can do it this year. I don't know if we can get enough trucks, but hopefully it's close enough to the west side, east side, Ohio, that, you know, and not in the prime of pulling that, hey, we might be able to get, you know, 30 trucks there to to, to put on a decent hook. You never know, and it's right there. It's Milan Dragway. For those of you who aren't from the state of Michigan, Ann Arbor, U of M University, you're within an hour and a half of downtown Detroit. You're a half hour south of Ann Arbor. Um, just a little hole in the wall town, but a great dragway down there. And DNR Customs kind of finding their home down there for their event. And I know, uh, Nathan, you and I, like I've discussed before, we are uh, the two guy, two of the three guys for the Burville three-day power event on the polling side. And I know I personally this year will be doing four different polling events. And you said Derek approached you, and I'm very eager to help them out, bring my knowledge to it, you know, really getting in the promoting end. And, yeah, we got to do something because, you know, you can go from Mike Ring with Legendary all the way over in Three Rivers, about as far west, southwest as you can go in Michigan, all the way up to Merchant up by Mount Pleasant. Not Merchant up, but Wade Alone up by Mount Pleasant. Um, Merchant, Eric Merchant. Holland, Holland area, yeah. Yep, Holland area there, Grand Rapids. Um, you know, all the way up to Tony Burkhardt, Dirty Hooker Diesel, probably one of the biggest names known in uh, Duramax Power Sports right now. Um, literally an hour and a half north of us where we're stationed here in Port Huron. You know, a lot of big names out there, but we haven't had anything to bring them together. And bringing what a lot of these guys do, uh, Joe Cucci kind of being the exception and legendary a little bit. They're not as big into pulling, but... Uh, Let's face it, Tony Burkhardt's made his name in the pulling world with Dirty Hooker, Dirty Hooker 2.0, Dirty Hooker, you know, uh, Cheap Hooker now. You know, he's really getting his name out there. Triple X. Triple X, which hasn't came out yet. I've seen lots of pictures of it. Rumors going on. What's going on with that one? And then a new one coming out, uh, this one, this year. So, a 2.5 truck. And I've heard there's some rumors about a 2.5 truck. Not anything concrete but maybe a slip up by a few within the camp there that says that there may be something coming out i don't know if charles and i touched on that but it's more than just a rumor there is a truck coming out for the 2.5 ttpa class um gonna carry on the hooker name just a little variation and uh so you know i mean these guys who've really built their name Derek rose Derek, let's face it really Got his name out there just at the local fair here in Goodles, Michigan, uh, pulling Adam Higgins with Moby, Moby Dick, uh, the big Adam white, who? a uh, big Hig. Uh, supposedly, supposedly building a two point five truck. Whatever you know, I mean, kind of like that Nathan Drob guy who's got a truck just about ready to go in the shed, but for some reason just pansying out and not getting it done. Uh, Becky, please uh, push him a little harder on this because I'm getting sick and tired of it. 
But that's beside the point. But anyways, these guys, you know, really have made their name, you know, out there. And more of the pulling side of it, you know, Eric Merchant, another one, big into pulling for many, many years. Uh, Wade Lalone, like I said, another one, big into pulling. Some of the prettiest trucks you've ever seen came out of Wade's camp. And uh, let's get something together here in Michigan that will uh, be able to uh, showcase these guys' talents because there's some really, really great talent going on in this state. And uh, you know, let's show them, hey, Fleece, you're not all that. T.S., guess what? There's uh, other guys on the block. And sorry, Shy, sit down. Let the big boys come play. Yeah, maybe not this year, but the point of the whole rant is if it does happen, we'd, we'd like to have everybody's support. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, whether you have a street truck, which we're going to get into, you know, does the thumb, does MTTPA on the west side, does some of these clubs need a work stock class? We're going to get into that. I'm sure it's going to be uh, more of a heated discussion as far as uh, where, where does that class end, right? How do we how do we demarcate the work stock from a 2.5? And we're going to get into that next. <laughs> you brought up one of my favorite topics. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get in work stock because, man, do I have some opinions there. And they will be coming out here tonight because I've got some pent-up aggression. But... First and foremost, let's dive into 2.5. Class, it is not as big as 2.6 in other parts, you know, of the world, so to speak. Um, see it some down in Ohio. But it's a Michigan class, let's face it. It's not out there otherwise, really. Yeah, and it started really, you know, where I seen it was the ITPA was, I think, the, you know, the mothership, if you want to call it, of the 2.5 class. And, uh, you know... And something I like to get into is is the Battle of the Bluegrass, which is probably about the biggest, in my opinion, 2-5 class out there. They're deviating from most of the rules around the country when it comes to 2-5. They actually call it a 2-5 outlaw class, which, yes. you know. They're allowed duels. They're it, allowed a weight box, yep, which it, around here we're yep, not. And they're they're allowed, you know, hand throttles and, and gutted cabs and, you know, before I thought last year there was no room for that class, I didn't like the class personally because I didn't think that there was a real, I mean, you're talking a couple hundred horsepower away from maybe a 2.6 on some of the top, top running trucks. There's a guy by the name Patrick O'Brien out in Kentucky who who I believe is you know the leader in technology when it comes to 2.5. He used to work at Hart in, the, in various other places, and I believe he really got Hart going and 2.6 going and he kind of pushed back, you know, to the two five niche class that he has. But maybe now, and, and we'll get into this, you know, in a couple of minutes. But you know, when you get into the we're two, there right now. Let's yeah, get let's into do it. it. Okay, so <laughs> the two five, I think, when we talk about the two six going away, it doesn't leave, in my opinion, with the new rules, a, a place for a lot of guys to pull. So I believe that the two five class will be the new two six class, and I think you will see a huge growth in this class over the next two years. You know, as far as diesel truck pulling is concerned, of a bigger performance level, it is the, so to speak, entry-level class for a lot of places. Exception being work stock, we'll get into them. God, we'll get into them. But well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! <laughs> yes. So, but let's stay on track here. 2.5. I mean, 
we'll go right back to what our bread and butter is for us. And I, like, I know you know more of the guys out of state than I ever will just because truck pulling is new to me, whereas tractors are new for you. But uh, Rocky Bouveret this year coming out, uh, motor originally done by DHD. He went and freshened it up himself, uh, running Danville Performance Tunes in that Duramax, and Rocky just coming out and just shaking up the world in that class. And uh, it's kind of a great class because you can still take a truck, build it for 2.5 diesel, and still daily drive it if you really want to because it's not an extreme turbo like a 3-inch turbo. You know, you can still daily drive it. You still have to keep a full interior, so you're not losing your creature comforts, and you don't, you can't hood stack it. So guess what? You just run stacks out the back, illegal is all it might be, and you know what? Screw anybody who's got a problem with it. I love stacks as far as Little Red Express trucks go, but that's beside the point. But, you know, really an entry-level class. You're seeing some up-and-coming guys of Ryan Walker really getting out there, Nick Ostentoski of uh discreet diesel them they're getting out there um guys coming out with ford power plants joel gerard uh coming out with a f- the first six four we've ever seen single turbocharged and just shaking up the world uh really kind of putting these uh duramax guys in their place a little bit matt homerick uh six o truck uh fortunately having a catastrophic end to his season and uh the metamora pull this year breaking a crankshaft but i he's telling me Going to be doing some work, trying to get a little more horsepower. That's 6 But where's this class going to go? What's going to be allowed? I mean, are we going to see, are they going to have to keep a smooth board, smooth uh, board turbo? Are they going to get allowed to get into the map ring? I mean, slotted chargers. I mean, there's so much more possibilities, but where do you say enough's enough? Yeah, and I think, you know, I'll get a, you know, I'll, I'll get a lot of uh, hate mail on this one, Andrew, but what I like about the two five and you know, I think the key to the class and and people will hate me for this, but we gotta keep it single rear wheel. You know, we gotta leave the air to water out. Um if you don't, this is where all the other classes I think die is you get I think everybody loves to see a thousand horsepower diesel truck class because like you said, if you have a truck that's eight hundred horse in a two five on certain nights, we've seen it with Chad Schultz, right? Uh, I don't think he has the highest horsepower truck out there. Um, he's probably down, you know, he, he's told me numbers, whether he's lying or not lying. I, I'm guessing he's 150 to 200 horse down on that class. On some nights, on some tracks, if he picks the right gear, he runs the right line, he won, you know, and that makes it interesting. And I think we Where saw getting... it on the short track up and ugly exactly and not even a 2.5 class but in the hot street 3.0 class him beating out troy boy kasiba who's got a true 3.0 truck or on dual cp3s yada 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 dual tires just completely spanked him yep and this is where the hate mail come from i believe you look at the the mod class and diesel pulling right the cummins right in in the form of bill block however you want to say it mechanical injection is the only thing you can win with right three inch which is new three six the the pro stock you need a super b right 6.7 liter mechanical injection billet cam heart turbo to win right i believe with the two six right i've watched a lot of pulls the duramaxes for one reason or another whether people aren't there they don't want to spend the money, the technology. 
You just, I haven't seen a Duramax dominate in any of those classes. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying they don't win. They do on occasion. But if you look at the leaders of Kurt Hazley, right, in the three-inch classes or, uh, you know, going to two six, the Rob Wrights, the Adam Halens, the Hazley. Hazley owns those three classes, in my opinion. And, you know, I think what people like to see is they like to see variety. No different than in tractors. They like to see the John Deere. They like to see the Case. They like to see the Agco, right? They like to see the Minneapolis Moline, right? They like to see a variety, right? And I think with the 2.5 class that you get that, right? You get the mechanical guys can run. Um, the 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 EFI live uh, injected trucks run, and they actually probably dominate that class currently, right? Because of the technology uh, with Rocky and Kevin, and you know the Duramax is just owning that class. I think you'll see a shift there, right? With new people, like you say with Joe in the six four. I mean that guy blew my mind. I mean I, I've seen Fords try it, try it time again, and they just n- never got it done, right? And I seen him at Burville and a couple other hooks, and he's for real, right? I think he has a legitimate shot at winning a pole on any given night, you know? You know so, what? I got to give Joel Gerard props. Joel, I love you. Him and his wife are just awesome people. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to sit down and talk to him, but just great down-earth people. Call his wife, my girlfriend, you know, just a sweetheart. Love him all to death. But for a guy who comes out, I met him for the first time in Dublin. Not he a gave, puller. Debuts a truck. He's got a license plate on the back that says sled puller. And I'll be honest, I'm looking at that. And I'm going, how conceited can you freaking get? You know, because these trucks have to be street legal. They have to be plated. And you come out and you got a custom plate that says sled puller. Wow. And I get to talk to him. Yeah, I've never hooked a single time in my life. Not even anything. Just never pulled. Comes out first pull of the season. Takes second place. I'm probably one of the tougher tracks to run, which is ugly. Just because of the distance, the length of the track is so short. I mean, 320 feet, you're down in a river. You know, and the guy's been for real. He's won several high-paying events. He won the Goodles high-paying pull. Um, he won uh, my pull in Smith's Creek with his. And, uh, yeah, it's been a little bit of a learning curve for him. It hasn't been without breakage, uh, driveline issues, uh, head problems. But, man, a tough-running 6.4 liter. Yeah, and it's nice, I think. I think the crowd gets into it right. They like to see the manufacturer variety, right? It, it gets old seeing the same trucks win every night, and I don't think anybody likes to see a class where, you know, one guy's at 3.30 every single night, and one guy's at 3.10, and the rest of the pack are back. It, it just doesn't make for a good pull, right? You need the competition. I think that's where 2.5 will be, and I think – you know, everybody needs to be cautious of not to take that to the next level, at least for a few years. You know, the three O class is gone in, in Michigan, or I should say in the thumb. That means Troy's dropping down and Joe Bader and Tony's going to have a truck. And I legitimately think we might see for the first time ever a 10 truck lineup at the majority of the events. You're seeing what was going on at the old two, eight days that you, you, you lived and thrived through. Uh, where you'd have a 10 to 15 t- truck lineup any night of the week of tough running guys, you know, Tomac, you know, y- you name off all the guys, a lot of them no longer viable in this area. Um, but you're going to see them come back because now this is a tra- class that 
It's not the 3.0 class where you're going to drop stupid money into a truck. No, you can get away with a 2.5 truck with a cheaper charger. You know, you can grab a box stock 2.5 and at least go play. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the key, right? Is you, I think in this class with the single rear wheel, not being able to run rigid suspension, not being able to run duels and all these things. It's more of a driver class, I think, with a variation of a couple hundred horsepower. Everybody can be competitive. You might not win, but you're within 10, 15 feet. You're not back. You know, that that that's the thing that kind of last couple of years with the thumb classes, you look at it, you go to watch the 3-0 class, you know who's going to win, right? Yeah. I mean, you know who's going to win. The only thing you don't know is which two five trucks stepped up and what order they're going to be in, right? And that's really, you know, to me is, once again, what kills that class is when you don't have, you know, a variety of change when it comes to winning or being competitive. And I think the two five will bring that. I honestly, I would kind of sat down last night and ran through names, like you say, with Ryan Walker and Tomac and Joe Hilgendorf and the few guys on the west side the West Side sounds like they're taking the thumb rules and they are going to adopt them to the West Side, which would be the first time ever that we had any two any classes rule. between yes. two good polling organizations within the same state that align. And yeah. I think that's big. I'm really glad to see MTTP adopting the same rules. And actually, we're seeing two classes going to be adopting the same uh, light limited super stock adopting same rules as you're going to have over here with Thumb, class that's a big favorite of mine and Charles, too. We we talk about it probably way too much, but it's just an awesome class. But it's nice to see because Thumb Tractor Pullers, you hear the name, you're thinking, okay, pull out my Michigan map. Okay, you're just up here in this, yep. you know, southeast region, so to speak. But no, they cover, you know, what was it? Two years ago, we were over in Big Rapids. You know, we've been in Sheboygan. Um Alpena, Traverse City, Kinross in the UP. I mean, we cover a large portion of the state. Uh, Mount Pleasant, you know, is an area we can look at. Uh, West Branch, we see polls. You know, it's nice to have it where, you know, you get towards the center of the state more. We're going to see Joe coming over. We're going to see Mike possibly coming and playing, you know. Get some of these players on the west side that we only hear rumors about or hear stories about, we never actually get to see him run unless we travel over there to watch a pull specifically. Yeah, and I, I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but I heard that the Thumb signed Ludington this year. So I don't know how much you know, rumor there is there, but talking to a couple of guys at the MTTP. But like you say, what's good is when you get to those middle grounds, we'll call it, um, whether it be Mount Pleasant, which I don't know if Thumb does Mount Pleasant anymore, but no, Shiawassee comes to mind, right? Yep. Where you get... The guys from the west side, you get Glover and you get Tomac and you get other guys. And I think it'll be nice to see a two five class where on a given night we may get fifteen trucks. That 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 would be that's my stretch goal for the two five class would be to get a night of fifteen trucks. Well, you know one way to guarantee that? Finish your freaking truck. Well, maybe fourteen. And Higgins. Maybe thirteen. And Chad Cork. Maybe 12. <laughs> we get your point. So, yeah, I just called three guys out. Yeah. You know what? Chad, I understand what you have, but 
There's a guy sitting to my left right now who has no damn excuse for not finishing his truck. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on. He makes an interesting point. Here's another. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. I know so, one topic we haven't mentioned here, but it's got to go in with the 2.5. Has the pulling track grown too long? Yeah, and this is this is something that's kind go of a, on your a, rant. Kind go on of your a digression rant. from from trucks tonight, but you know, I see it again. Um, I've seen it all summer. I've seen it watching some NTPA events. I've seen it in a ton of polls, even Gordyville, right? It's like put it in the sand pile. Whoever hits a sand pile hard enough, right? You get that extra six inches, right? Not how I grew up pulling. I grew up pulling at 300 to 320, right? 320 was they messed up the sled. They don't want to reset it, right? And you run with it. But now, and I don't know if this comes from the Enderly. I mean, you would know better than I do, right? Enderly kind of started this deal where it's a floating finish, right? They take the best tractors from every class. They get an invitational down to Enderly pull-off, right? And they run them, I don't know, 350, 360. I mean, that's what I've seen over the last couple of years. And to me, that's not pulling. I mean, you know, pulling is 300 plus feet for a full pull, not 320, 330, 360, 370. I mean, I just, you know, I like the rule of 320 where everybody makes it because, you know, they, they kind of mess up on the sled. You get five guys in, they all get to come back. But I think the track has gotten longer, and I'll let you weigh in on this one, Andrew. You know, I got to agree with you there. I have no problem with a floating finish. I mean, we're seeing motor technology at a point where it's never been before. You know, a lot of these guys being hard blocked, not running any water whatsoever on the tractor side more than we're seeing. There you go. There you go. But, you know. You drank a lot. Yes, we do. That's sidetracked with Armstead and Posh uh, featuring Drop. Uh, Once again, before I get on to this next point on my mind, get a hold of us on Facebook sidetracked with armstead and posh uh like share get our name out there you know if you guys like what we're doing share with your friends if you got a pulling buddy go hey listen to what's going on here these guys are idiots can you believe what they're saying don't be afraid to come tell us you know i've had plenty of people come up and tell me i've been dead wrong on component chassis and that's fine screw full metal jacket but that's beside the point and just to let everybody know <laughs> i came on the show with the intent of breaking the record to beat charles we're trying to get in double digits tonight. Isn't that right, Andrew? We're trying to get 10. Is that the number? 10 listeners, yes. 10 listeners. Yeah, okay. There we go. <laughs> or uh, get on our our website, www.sidetrackpulling.com. You can email us on there, AP at uh, sidetrackpulling. And uh, let us know what you think. But as far as this track distance, we're seeing more and more. You know, I have no problem with the flo- floating finish. You know, motors are getting to the point where, yeah, they're stretched way beyond their means, and you just can't cool the motor down quick enough to get into a pull-off. Understand that? Fair enough. But you know what? You slut, set, you slut your uh, sled tighter and still have them guys kept in at a reasonable distance. You know, you look at the grandstands or even set up a lot of these places. 300 foot's the prime seating spot. Yeah, you can get them out to 320, and there's the last few guys looking at the buckboard of the sled. But there's no reason to go 370 foot on a truck. Your trucks, you know, especially you guys with the manual transits, Dodges, your guys are kind of stuck with it. You never really had an automatic trans that could hold anything. 
I mean, just nature of the beast. But you don't have an overdrive. You're stuck with your gearing. You gear your truck for a 300, 320-foot track. The Duramax guys, they get that overdrive where you can unlock that converter and it's just like shifting a gear and you get a little more life out of it. That's fine and dandy. Let's get down to grunt. Let's lock that sled down. This is not a drag race to see how far we can get it in the next county. No, it needs to be kept on a reasonable distance because Point Blank is a promoter for me. To build a track that will handle somebody going 370 foot and still be safe is just getting asinine. You just can't do it. You come in knowing 300 foot's your main distance. You're going to push it out to 320 plus about 30, 50 foot of runoff. Well, when you got a guy going 25 miles an hour down a track in a 2.5 truck going 370 feet and he's sitting there, you know, he's out of distance. He's got to back up before you can pull us at. Now you're getting a safety issue also, you know, if if you're not built for something like that. And I'm sorry, you can't expect a promoter to build a 450-foot track because guess what? They like seeing it go farther. I don't care. They want to see somebody go farther faster. Go to a damn drag race. That's where that is. No, this is pulling. We grew up, you had 300 foot of dirt, and that was a great track. You know what? Utilize that. Let's see what these trucks have in them. I want to see these straight sixes going against these V8s on an even footing. Yeah, and to me, I, I love pull-offs, right? I mean, I think pull-offs, that, that's what people come to see. I mean, people like to see them go. They like to see the pull-off. But you get in these smaller venues, smaller associations, whatever it may be, right? And when you go to Bowling Green or when you go to TS and you have 30, yeah, you get four guys in the pull-off. They got time to cool down. They got time to come back, right? They got time to make adjustments. But when you're running classes with 10 trucks, 10 tractors, whatever it may be, 11, you know, the last guy always is at the disadvantage, right? His engine's too warm. He doesn't have time to change. He doesn't get to see the other pullers, right? And I don't know. I just, I'm a big fan of, I like the rule with the 320 and everybody makes it. I just don't want to see everybody make it over 320 and pull again, I guess. Like we'll I, leave it at that. Like you know? I said, you can still go a floating finish. That's fine. But you know what? Bring it into a reasonable length where you as, you, you as a promoter, myself as a promoter, we can still have the grandstands full. And they're seeing the heat of the action. They're not having to look way down the track and go, hey, there's back of the sled because that guy just took it around the corner. But enough on that. You want to get into a great topic? Yeah, I don't know. How, how much time do we have left? Uh, we go as long as we oh, want. Excellent. So there, there is no time clock here at uh Until the sound engineer Post. goes, uh, yeah, forget you guys. Is he Thank awake? you again, Nick from Life Media. Anytime you need something for media solutions, whether it's uh, home audio, theater, networking, IT work, uh, he does just about anything for money within reason. But uh, get a hold of him. Um, yeah, and I heard Nick makes a mean cucumber. I don't know what that's all about. But. <laughs> well, anyways, um, work stock. Work stock, right? So me and Andrew wanted to bring up this this as maybe our end topic, but with the void of the other classes moving up, right? And we understand that 2-5 is not an entry-level class anymore, right? Um, no. It's, it's, it's just not, right? It's... We believe that the two five class of this year will be on the low side at I would love to say seven hundred and fifty, but my guess is the 
the, the horsepower level will be somewhere between 800 and 1,000 in that class this year, uh, barring any rule changes or any changes. Um, so we still think there needs to be some grassroots uh, pulling that needs to be done at a lower level to get guys interested. Right? We need because, that 500 to 750 right, horsepower so class. So that, that's, where, that's where we're looking. We're looking for the 570 or 500 to 700 horsepower class still be able to drive it you don't need two trucks you don't need a trailer right so i've seen this class rules vary more than any other class in the united states in its entirety um we've seen no smoke classes we've seen uh stock charger no billet wheel we've seen stock appearing we've seen oh that's a great term that's a great term right we've seen um, you know, exhaust housings limited. We've seen the gamut of turbo rules in this class. And what do I think it ever needs to be a rule that everybody needs to follow? No, because different districts, different regions, different states, you know, everybody has their own opinion of this class. But the issue we have is, and this happens in multiple classes, right? Are guys that build rules around their truck, right? And we don't want, we've seen it before where we say, okay, I have a blue Duramax class that's extended cab, has to be a short box, can't run bigger than 285s, has to be this charger, and has to have, you know, leather interior. I mean, it seems like with this and class. It has to be bought on a Tuesday. It has to be bought on a Tuesday, right? So we've seen these rules. Obviously, we are exaggerating, but. The conversation is where no, do we we're end not with this exaggerating. class? I just wrote well, that in for next year. Okay, so <laughs> so the the question is where does this class go and where do you limit this class to try and get a tune, a stock camshaft, um, a relative stock turbo um, to work in this class? Well, first and foremost. Uh, for us, the only real local uh, work stock class we have right now is the Buckeye Pullers down in Ohio. And boy, do I have some issues with this. Um, we got in talking what, what needs to be done with work stock. We know there's a void that needs to be filled. But, you know, you look at tractors. When you came to tractor classes, what did we limit? We limited your weight. We limit your tire size. We limit your turbo. That's the easiest things to do. Limit your air getting the motor. Limit how much foot power, footprint you get on the ground and how much weight limits how much tractive effort, so to speak, you're going to get on there. Your adhesion, you're going to get it on them tires. Well, with trucks, let's face it, diesel trucks, you're going to be limited basically in 8,000-pound class, give or take it's a standard. couple hundred pounds. You know, it's just that's where you're going to be. They're just a heavy truck for the nature of the beast. So, okay, we'll take that weight regulation, throw it out the window. And it was discussed on a certain Facebook forum. Well, what do we do now? All right, we're going to limit your air. We're going to limit your tire size. Well, oh, no, you can't limit our tire size because, you know, we had one guy go, well, stock trucks are coming 33-inch tires. You're full of shit. Go to your goddamn dealership down the road, and you're going to realize, guess what? They aren't coming with 33-inch tires. Give me a goddamn break. You're an idiot. Pull your head out of your ass. Second off, your turbo. Well, I already bought this turbo. Guess what? That's fine and dandy. You bought a turbo before a class was ever even established, 
And now you're whining because, well, my special turbo I just bought from Hertz, it doesn't work these rolls. Guess what? Tough shit. You made a bad choice. You sell the turbo. You buy another one so you can fit the damn rules like everybody else out there. It's not that hard. And you really want me to get going? Buckeye pullers. You're running a 2.55 intake diameter on your turbo. Stock appearing turbo. We did the math earlier. 2.5 inch turbo is limited to what is it? A basically like a six, between 63 and 64 millimeter wheel. Okay. You go stock appearing. I do believe on the Duramaxes. I probably could be wrong, but I've heard from several people, you can run up to a 73 millimeter wheel. Guess what? That's a huge goddamn wheel in there, and you can get away with it. No. And you go, well, it's not a 2.5 charger. No, it's a 2.55, so you're sucking more air in already. So you know what? Take your little 2.55, shove it up your ass. I'm tired of it. You want to come run, you're on a two and a quarter intake, 2.25 for those guys who can't do math, and we're going to run that. We're limiting your air, and guess what? You're stuck with a 285 tire because you know what? This is an entry-level class, and we got to cut our limits somewhere. We're not drawing the rules around you. We can't do it. You know what? We need to keep something cost-effective. Yeah, and I think, you know, they get into, to me, the uh, work stock class. Hanging wakes are an absolutely no. No, You can't hang wakes, right? No, no, And, you know, I've seen it, and we had a poll, you know, back in Burville again, and and Derek Rose had a regular cab, which was, you know, we all think is a disadvantage, right, with the wheelbase. Wasn't hanging weights. Regular uh, cab, long bed. Yeah, regular cab, long bed, way underweight, right? Probably three, 400 pounds underweight. I don't exactly know what Derek had done to it, but I believe it was a stock camshaft. It was a... There was very little work yeah, done to the so shop truck. It had in, injectors. It had a... EFI, if I remember right. EFI Live, probably a 10 mil stroker. Uh, and it I had don't a, even know if it had a billet wheel. If, it had a billet wheel. Definitely had a billet wheel from Fleece. Cheetah Charger, right? And so once again, he we believe... Wait, how, how do you like them Cheetah Chargers? or is, Wait, no, you like the Batmobiles. The Batmobile. <laughs> so the point is, is, I've seen that truck numerous times on the dyno, and it dynoed, I believe, under 700 horse. Yep. And Derek was right in the middle of the pack with some really, really good setup two five trucks and i believe if he would took the time and hung weights and set the chassis up and do all the things a lot of other people with he could hang not saying he'd ever win but the point is is that's not where we need to go with the work stock class i believe there should be if you want to run a work stock class no billet wheel right no aftermarket wheel no aftermarket housing and it should be a true work stock class um the only downside to this is is when you're trying to make all the years everything competitive, you get some of the old Dodges where they don't make a turbo that can be effective in this class. They're just too small, right? So that's that that's the downside of, of, of stock charger because the technology with the variable veins and all the things that have evolved over 10 years, you don't get with the old ones. So I, I think there's a medium ground, and I think you got to – limit the inducer bore in some way and like Andrew said maybe it's a it's a, a box charger you know because you can get two five box chargers with cast wheel s300s off the shelf all day long eight hundred dollars 
it's a great charger. It's capable of, I'm not a terrible guy, but my guess is somewhere around 600. And, you know, you could go that route. But I just think you start building rules around trucks and guys that can make 650, 700, and you take the work stock class and everybody underneath it, you know, you run them out just, just like you do in a two, five class. So, you know, I think we could talk about this for days on end and everybody has their own opinion, but I think it needs to be cast wheel, some kind of stock charger. You that do like a 58 millimeter wheel. Yeah. Like I said, two and a quarter intake or, uh, you know, intake diameter, you know, you don't have to be the best of the best, but like you said, even a box stock charger, where guess what you go this is the turbo and guess what it better look like the guy parked next to you the guy parked next to you okay that's fine people go well you get the 6.4 fords and guess what they came with twin turbos guess what you're not going to keep the twin turbos if you want to build horsepower uh, that's true right you're not and i don't know i'm not a ford guy but i don't think there's any tune there's anything out there i've seen where a guys with a box stock twins are making the horsepower that you would even need to to make at a work stock level. No, and it's so hard to get a set of twins that'll work on that. You know, like I said, God, there's so many idiots out there in this damn class, and it's really pissing me off, is we have the potential of making something great where we actually have an entry-level diesel class. But unfortunately, you don't want to get off, these people don't want to get off their high horse and admit, hey, maybe my truck is a built a little above. And guess what? If you're at 700 horse, 750, grow a pair, jump up to 2.5, well, you can't win. Guess what? You don't always win in pulling. Yeah, I think that's the key, right? You get up in that range, you're not going to win, right? But you're going to be competitive, and that's where you need to be, right? So Every step in this sport, whether you're in tractors or trucks, is designed to be a building block. Whether you go from work stock to 2.5 to what would have been 2.6 to a 3.0 truck to a mod chassis. If you want, you could work your way through that selling chassis, building, you know, building it and actually working it through. You could get somewhere. And too many people are losing sight of that. They think, well, this is the last truck I'll ever build. No, this this is a natural progression of things. And I want to see work stock here. I really do. But until some people pull their head out of their ass, that class will never dig off in this state because the promoters don't want to deal with the bullshit. The clubs don't want to deal with the bullshit. You know? I think that's the key, right? I mean, I've been, we'll say, guilty of this time in and time out, right? The associations, right? They don't, I mean, they want classes, don't get me wrong. They want to succeed just like everybody else, but... You don't want to get the president, the board members, the fair board members. You don't want to get them involved in the discussion of where the class needs to go. You need to side meetings, hammer it out, come up with a set of rules that everybody in the class agrees on, show up at polls. I mean, that's the only way. I've, you know, and I was as naive as anybody else when we first started there. And we used to go down to Ohio and we'd see 
we'd go pull in Ohio, 40 trucks, and we'd go to these boards, we'd go to these fair conventions and say, hey, we just went to Ohio. If you adopt these rules, we're going to have 40 trucks because we just went to Ohio and there was 40 trucks. doesn't happen in Michigan. You guys touched on this in the last segment, why pulling isn't what it is in the Kentuckys and throughout the Midwest, Ohio and Indiana, never will be, right? And I don't like saying it because I'm I'm a big proponent of pulling. You know, I love it. I've been doing it for a while, but I just don't see the day anywhere in Michigan where you're going to pull up any class, 2526 or whatever it be 10 years from now, I don't see 40 trucks, right? But what you got to do is you need to get together. You need to come up with some common rules and you got to have six people that are dedicated to make six hooks a year. You know what's funny is I pull a Division Three NATPA, I guess you'd call it class, with my farm all 460. I weigh in anywhere from 5,500 to 6,500 pounds. I can go to Ontario. I can go anywhere around Michigan. I can go to Ohio. I can go to Illinois. Anywhere. And I can find a class that will fit me because the rules are just that common. I can go buy a super farm. I can go pull in Kentucky. I can go pull in New York. I can go pull in Colorado. The rules are common. Diesel guys, get your head out of your ass and start working together commonizers rules. I don't care if you're not going to see an increase of pullers at your little podunk event, but it allows you a chance to travel. Go see the country. And what's it going to hurt to be commonized with uh, co-TPA or ITPA or the Bob series? It's not going to hurt you. Yeah, there's some stuff that you might not like. But you know what? If you can get even within the same ballpark where you can go, hey, I want to go on a little family vacation. Let's take the truck with me and go pulling. You can do it. Right now, you can't. You're stuck with your little pull venues you go to the same every year. And you know what? Part of the fun for me is going to see different places. I know you guys traveled quite a bit, probably for the same reason. Is you got tired of the same old polls. You got tired of going to Minden City and seeing the same stuff. You know, next week, guess what? We're going to be in Deckerville. We're going to see the same guys again. Let's go see some different competition. Enjoy ourselves. Yeah, unfortunately, I got beat by Nickel everywhere I went. No matter where I went, he followed me and beat me. So Yeah, That's you know right. what, though? He got out of it. <laughs> He's too busy playing with drones and building houses get back in the sport and maybe he could uh, grow up here and actually come back out well i think that's all we have in store for us tonight uh be back with us next week for episode five uh lots of things coming in the way of sidetracked uh we'll keep you posted as things develop thank you all for listening you're really helping us out once again get back to us with your feedback um sidetrackpulling.com like share everything on facebook at arms sidetracked with armstead and post email us ap at sidetrackpulling.com my name's andrew armstead i'm nathan drab and i can tell you if you give us questions and things you want to talk about it's a lot easier than us coming up with our own and hopefully if you come up with questions concerns anything you want to hear it makes a show more interesting for you because We can sit here and talk about stuff between us that we want to talk about, but we want to talk about the things that you guys want to hear, the things that you guys, you know, talk about in the pits, things that maybe you don't want to bring up, email us. 
Facebook, whatever you need to do, and and we'll bring it up. We'll be the voice of Poland. You see us on the streets. Come pull us off to the side. Let us know what you got going on in your head, what you actually think about is going on with this. This is sidetracked. We have fun, and that's the name of the game. But we're going to let you go, and you have a great night. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Get out my trailer. I want you out.